Howdy, folks. I'm Nim Jickles. This is the Ain't That a Bitch podcast, episode twenty-one. Uh, remember when? Remember when twenty-one was the haha funny, like meme number and all that? Good, good stuff. Good times. When was that? I have no. I've I've lost all sense of of like my meme timeline. I I can't remember when like what years things started. The only year I I feel like the only year I remember. Existing is 2016. Okay, 2014. Thousand divine. Oh, I'm so old. Six years ago is when. T- what? You're shitting me. No. 21 was a thing s- six years ago. Holy shit. I don't believe that. Man, I was saying it as a total throwaway remark. Jesus Christ. All I know, all I can remember is the only year I remember is 2016. Donald Trump got elected president. Harambe died. Like I feel like that's the that year and now this year and the end of the end of 2019 transitioning into 2020. Those are like the years that will be remembered, you know? You know, like if, assuming humanity survives for another 50 years when people are like talking about the 2000s or talking about like the 2010s you know as a decade they'll be referring to 2016 and 2019-20 you know again Harambe Trump uh well Vine dying I, when was that, that was 2017 Vine closed I think that was in seventh grade well uh, but then obviously Oh, Jesus, the world falling apart. Before that, Area 51 raid, um, uh, Notre Dame burnt down, uh, Australia burnt down, the Amazon burnt down. Uh, Vine died 2016. Also 2016. Insanity. Yeah, I was so I would have been in sixth grade for, you know, half of that year. Um, I guess the front. What what half of the year I'm in? It's very easy to remember because the ones digit of the year is the grade that I'm in for that. Um, but what the fuck half of it? I don't remember. It was So this year I well this summer last year I was tenth grade and it's two thousand twenty. Now, so so the back half. So the back half of two thousand sixteen. What the fuck am I talking about? The ba- the front half of two thousand sixteen would have been the end of two of sixth grade that's what it is okay um anyways i don't know that that had nothing to do with anything actually what i wanted to come on and say is um so i've been meaning to to say this for a while i feel like this is uh, something that i should have mentioned a long time ago it's taking me too long but but here it is uh the lion the witch and the wardrobe fucking sucks it's a shitty book. It is. Look, here's the thing. Okay, uh, mm, how do I put this? It's not that it's. Mm, no, it's just terrible. It, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay, the Narnia as a series, Chronicles of Narnia, is I can't speak for because I haven't read all the other books. It sounds interesting. So uh, if you, if anyone, listens to this. With any sort of regularity, you'll remember. The reason I'm mentioning this now, I first mentioned it when I was uh, oxygen-deprived on 
the fifth episode. That was the the band camp episode. Uh, but we, God knows, we couldn't hold a topic for more than two minutes on that. So I did not get around to really speaking my full uh, opinions on it. But yeah, no, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. What I don't understand about it, it's not that the story is inherently bad. It's that it's treated like it's something that it's not. I, I just all my life, it took me a really long time to read the book. Okay, and if I had read it, you know, when as early as I had heard about it, maybe I would have a different opinion of it. But as it were, I had been hearing about the book as if it was, you know, it was a classic book to read. And yeah, it was a child. It was a children's book. But like Harry Potter is a children's book. Okay. The Hobbit is a children's book. Lord of the Rings, not, I would say a child can read it, but you know, every fucking third grader was reading at a a fifth sixth grade level so that doesn't mean shit but like the hobbit's a children's book percy jackson's a children's book harry potter uh is a children's book and you know lion the witch in the wardrobe is uh is it's a fucking i can read book like it's for nine to ten year olds like harry potter is like you can start at nine to ten and read it until well you can read it as an adult but reading level wise you know i could pick it up now and be like this is an easy read but it's still engaging I pick up the Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe. It's not engaging. And that's fine for what it is. If you read, again, that's like I feel like somehow, I don't understand how this happened, but the uh, mythos around it has been built up for it to be some like Tolkien universe, which it sound, again, it sounds like it is. I read about the, uh, I, I've seen stuff about the other books, like summaries, and there's like this Prince Caspian shit, and then there's like, it's like, because they did, this guy who wrote it totally was into world building. I get that. You know, he had a whole thing with the, Narnia is just like one of the continents or something. And then there's a whole other thing where there's this, there's king that rules over this world of Narnia or whatever the fuck it is. They're, they have geography and kingdoms and, and, and I assume more enemies. I haven't really heard anything about what the villains are. But point is the Narnia, the Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is like the Hobbit to the rest of the Chronicles of Narnia their lord of the rings and then that whole thing is scaled back you know by several degrees of of maturity so that the lion the witch and the wardrobe is you know grossly more simple than the hobbit and then the rest of narnia is grossly more simple than lord of the rings but they're relatively in like the same place but again, I think I was just I was just lied to because I was given this impression that the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and that the Chronicles of Narnia are this, again, classic story. And generally, classic stories, even if they're for kids, are still. How do I put this? There's a quality that a story needs to have for it to, you know, stand the test of time. And I feel like this doesn't stand much. It's again, it stands the test of time for eight-year-olds. I'm beating around the bush. Look, when you open the book, the foreword or whatever, you know, at the start of it, the author tells you that it was written for his daughter or, or niece or, or granddaughter or something. Anyways, a little girl. It was written for a little girl, and he has this whole thing about girls grow faster than uh, books. So it's a children's fairy tale is what it is. Eh, even as far as children's fairy tales go, I don't know. I don't know if this deserved all the the world building that was put into it. I mean, again, The Hobbit was, for Tolkien, like, 
you know, children's nonsense that he then built off of into the Lord of the Rings. So I guess if that's what this guy was going for, then yeah, sure. But uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is a bedtime story that you hear once that you could honestly make up on the spot. And there's no staying power to it. I'm never going to go back and read that book unless it's to my children. I'm never going to go back and read that and be like, yeah, this, you know, even though it's a simple story, the message, you know, lasts throughout time or something. It's something that we can still learn. It's not. There is no message. Not an interesting one anyways. Like, good triumph over evil, honor, and, and be a good person and stuff. And your mistakes are... So for those of you who don't know, have never read it or watched the movie that was made or or any or even you know heard much about it, the general story is um, for aren't they being sent away from the Nazis or something? I feel like a lot of stories kind of start with that. That might I might be thinking of Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. But um, anyways, four siblings, uh, two sisters and two brothers are sent to like their uncle's house or something and basically they're playing hide and seek and this little girl finds the the youngest little girl finds a wardrobe that's the wardrobe that leads them to narnia this magical world uh at some point you know the other three discover it as well the second youngest who's a boy meets this evil wicked witch of the north deal um and she takes him on her evil sleigh and they uh, go to Elsa's ice palace and she gives him uh, donuts and then he becomes evil and then he's like he's overall just kind of a dick even before he gets turned evil which I guess is the idea he's like he he's the second person to see Narnia and like discover the wardrobe and whatever with the girl and then after they get out he he's like pissed at her for whatever reason so he just denies he pretends like they were uh, pret he pretends like they were playing a game when they went to Narnia um He's just, yeah, he's overall just a, a, a real twat of a person. But, yeah, then he just goes full-on supervillain, more or less, because he's, like, I don't know. There's some, it's something like a, this woman is, I feel like there's, for some reason, I feel sexual tension with this boy, even though he's, like, 11, and she's, you know, probably thousands of years old or something. But, you know, teach their own. Now, here's where the plot really gets fired up, though. So, basically, the other three, okay, it's a, you know, story about four siblings but one of them is evil for most of it or you know trapped in the evil palace so the three good little boys and girls basically come to this magical world first thing they meet is a, a fawn uh, i prefer satyr whatever it's the half goat half man guy uh who yeah tumness uh who says a lot of stupid things that i guess are supposed to be like jokes uh and then he's a loser because he's too afraid of the ice queen or whatever to go against her so he's like you go meet these friends they'll help you now here's the thing okay i was just actually talking with Lim about uh some one of cartoon network's weird things i'm going off on a tangent here if you can't tell already uh cartoon network for those of you who watched it uh in the like middle time okay the 2000s early 2010s when it was not trash but it wasn't its golden age anymore uh they had a th they had a real thing for just weird for creating worlds where things were just kind of whatever they wanted to be. So I'm talking about shows like specifically Adventure Time and Regular Show where and I really kind of liked this. It's not like Zootopia, or, you know, Disney shit where everyone's an animal, everyone's a talking animal or, you know, 
fucking whatever. Uh, I was gonna say like My Little Pony or something. That's still just animals, but specifically horses and dragons. I don't know. I never watched the show. Point is, it's not like all one thing. You know, if you've ever watched them, Adventure Time. It's like, you know, the that's the whole thing is Finn the human, Jake the dog, but. Jake can, you know, stretchy for whatever reason, and then there's Candy Kingdom, so everyone there's a Candy, but then there's, you know, the Ice Ice King, who's just a guy as well, and then there's a vampire, and then there's a unicorn, and then there's a talking, you know, calculator, and it's just whatever shit you can imagine, um, and I'm cool with that, and then regular shows that even more so, where it's like, you think it's, you know, anthropomorphic animals having as the title would suggest, a regular life. It's just a blue jay and a, and a raccoon. First of all, already a very random selection of animals to be friends, but then, like, their boss is a gumball machine, and then there's Muscle Man is just a, a man, and then Skips is, a, a, I guess, a yeti. It, anyways, that's the whole... So that was the, yeah, bizarre Cartoon Network thing. For some reason, Narnia is like that too. So, like I just said, the first thing you meet in Narnia is a satyr, and then you meet a, a ice witch person, and so you're like, again, you're getting like Tolkien vibes. Okay, it's like the, although to, no, Tolkien was no like into Norse fantasy, but it's so like okay, maybe this is Roman version of that. You know, you got goat people. Maybe it's gonna be centaur and and, and shit. Uh, okay, that's cool. And then no, the second character you meet is a, a talking otter. And they're like they're like full they're not anthropomorphic, but they're full walking on their hind legs, wearing fucking glasses and, and baking bread and shit. They're and it's just a family of otters. And they're just in a hole somewhere. Okay, there's no like society of otters, there's no village or whatever, it's just Tumnus the goat man lives here in this hole, and then he takes them to another hole a little ways away, and there's an otter. You know, completely different stature, different height than the satyr, but they can just communicate, and, and like, it's totally normal. So these three, three kids meet the otter, and he takes them, you know, on a secret, whatever, and they're being chased by uh, Ice Lady and whatever in her magic sleigh. And I, 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 basically the idea is we need to take you to... Uh, like the lion, okay, Ars, not Arslan, Aslan, Aslan, the lion, you know, he's our lion king, king of the jungle, whatever, he's gonna, he's been, hasn't been seen forever, but if he wakes up again, he'll show that witch who's boss or whatever, and I think there's probably a prophecy involved somewhere, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention, uh, and then, you know, Santa Claus shows up, and he gives them gifts, and, uh, and Santa Claus is like, I haven't been here in a long time. Narnia has been without Christmas ever since that witch showed up or whatever. Because even though she came and it's always winter, it's never Christmas. I didn't make any of that up. That all happens in the story. That's all real. And that's really the explanation is uh, this witch person made it eternal winter. It's always winter, but never Christmas. And that is the worst thing that's that she could have done. Again, it's a story meant for a child, which is fine but jesus christ if they can copyright the happy birthday song surely there's some copyright infringement just putting santa claus in your fucking story and he and santa claus just exists among you know the talking lion and talking otters and and horse people and goat people oh fuck yeah that makes it much better okay yeah beater beaver beaver people uh 
And now, okay, here's the best part is throughout this story. Okay, then they meet the lion, uh, and then and then they all get together. The the boy finally comes back. He's like, ice person is not good, and then he runs away and probably tries to kill her or something. But obviously he fails. And then like the one monster comes, and then the older oldest boy is like, I'm gonna fight him. And and so he does, and he kills it, and then he forgets to wipe the blood off his sword. So Aslan just like beats the shit out of him, and it's like never forget to wipe your sword off. And then Peter's like, okay. And then he does, and then the Ice Queen comes to fight them, and then they there's a bunch of monsters and a bunch of you know animals and and half animals and half people, and then they all fight, and then they kill some people, and then off screen, uh, the bad kid edward who's good now is like her wand is the source of her power and she keeps turning people to stone um and he's like the wand is the source of her power so then they destroy the wand and then win and and that all happens like not while you're watching i don't know we're like watching the littlest girl who got her santa present was um i should mention the oldest boy got a sword the oldest girl got a bow uh edward got like a knife and the little girl, I don't remember her name, like Lucy or Lily or something, she got a like healing potion, and she uses it on some guy who's turned to stone or whatever. Anyways, so they kill the Ice Witch, um, or turn her to stone or some shit, and then they win. And uh, they all become kings and queens, uh, because it is a monarchy, so actually I would say there's a problem with the incest there, but again, it's a monarchy, so that works perfectly fine. But now this one little, like, country in Narnia has two kings and two queens. Sure, why not? And, uh, yeah, that's the end of the story. I mean, I cut out some things, but really nothing of importance. So that's that's the plot. And if you want to know what I'm getting at here, like, just go back and think about it. Again, I didn't actually gloss over anything. These are just events that happen. That's all Narnia is. Again, if you're like a seven years old, I'm sure that's an engrossing story of how kids just like you were able to find a magical world and they found cute talking animals and there was a lion who was good and could talk and there was Santa Claus and there was a witch who was bad and they ate desserts, you know, and they all became kings and queens in the end. That's a great story, absolutely. Reading it now, you know, I or, you know, for me a year ago, as a 15-year-old, I'm reading, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Because honestly, I don't know. And I don't really care because it doesn't matter that much. Four kids found a secret place and they basically followed a bunch of people who were already in the secret place before they ever got there. These people were just living their lives. But because these kids showed up, suddenly this lion guy awakes. And then all that they have to do is get taken by a family of beavers to the lion. And from there, everything's taken care of. They don't do jack shit, I'm telling you. The only thing any of them contribute. The oldest boy kills one monster, which the lion could have bitch slapped to the other side of Narnia. And Edward is like, the wand is the source of her power, which anyone could have figured out. That's all that those kids contribute, okay? The girl heals one person. I'm pretty sure it's her own family. Uh, I think the second oldest girl does nothing at all. In other words, first of all, four main characters. There's not enough time to develop them at all. Okay, the oldest girl is kind of, before they go to Narnia, the oldest girl is like, she has a few moments where it's like she's the mom of the group. The youngest girl is, I guess, arguably the, 
protagonist if you were going to name one because she discovers Narnia and you know is little so she likes talking to animals uh, the boy the young boy is has and is the only one with an actual arc because he's selfish and, and greedy at first and goes with a strange woman just because she gives him desserts and then join becomes good at the end and doesn't really sacrifice himself but i guess he proved himself pretty useful in battle despite having no training that's another thing there's no training montage nothing at all they give a sword to a teenage boy like 14 years old and he immediately can use it but he doesn't know how to clean it so aslan's gonna kick the shit out of him for that uh, anyways and oh yeah speaking of the oldest boy again that's his only character development all he does is be old and be like oh, you little thing isn't it funny how you believe in magical worlds and things and then they discover the magical world and he's like well what do you know and then he goes gets a sword from santa claus and then can kill things with it that's all he does that's all he does is he gets a sword and can kill things with it because he's the oldest one so he can fight that's all he does the girl does nothing i think she shoots one thing with her bow and arrow i don't remember none of these kids need to be there it's like some prophecy shit um and the lion as soon as he wakes up can take care of everything on his own he wipes out the fucking witch and her, all her monsters just backhands the shit out of all of them with his his lion paws and and beats the shit out of his own people you know because they don't clean their swords and then they win that's it they win there's no there's no moral they don't the kids don't learn anything they just become kings and queens oh and at the end they discover the wardrobe again by accident on a hunting thing and go back and realize oh yeah shit we have human lives but it's magic so no time has passed at all even though they've literally grown up and become adults in narnia but back at home they're still regular kids so you know, great concept. You can spend as much time as you fucking want in Narnia and then come back and time for dinner. But so what What did they accomplish? What are you supposed to get out of that? Again, it's fun to listen to if you're a very small child, but there's nothing, there's no substance to it for anyone who's read any other actual literature. So look, I have no problem with the story as it exists. It can be there. It's not offensive to me. It's the way people treat it like something that really gave me expect expectations of, of an entirely different thing. Um, And it's not. It's just it's a series of events that happen to these children. The children don't make any of it happen. They happen to the kids who are just along for the ride. It's entirely a matter of circumstance, you know, luck. And fate and and that's you know that's all and then shit happens and then they win that's it it's all story so so that was my Narnia thing I mean you do you but god don't don't tell me Narnia is, is something that it isn't anymore please I watched some of the movies, though. I watched the first one, and then I guess... I don't know how many movies they made. I watched the one that, where they're on a boat. It, again, it's stuff that I think is interesting because there's four main characters, and then there's a whole thing with, you know, each book actually has a different amount of those four original characters. Like, again, how, you know, The Hobbit uh, is introduces Bilbo and all the dwarves and then Gandalf. And then in the Lord, when The Lord of the Rings comes around, it's... Bilbo's nephew Frodo and and Sam and you know a lot of new characters that are all kind of related. Pippin and, and Mary are all related to the family, the Baggins family. But uh, and then Gandalf is back, 
but you know it's not the original dwarves it's been quite a while i think there's like one of the original dwarves and then legolas if you've only watched the movies legolas was not in the hobbit but uh they meet they go to like towns they were in in the hobbit and then they meet the that king of the anyways there's there's recurring shit and it's in the same world and it's different amounts of characters who's in it and they actually take that even further beyond like again i read you know short summaries of the other stories and it gives you and it gives you like names just who what characters are in it. and it's like the second book there's like five or six or something there's quite a few and like one of them is a prequel so really this guy was evidently this guy wrote this story for a little girl and he was like list did pretty well i think we should keep going and then he actually got into world building so i'd be interested to read the rest of the books but uh nobody gives a shit but there's this whole thing of like the little girl is in the most she's in like two three four five six or something or whatever it is and then like uh and then the youngest boy is in the third three four five six or whatever and then the oldest girl is in four five six and then the boys in five or maybe it's just five anyways so they get progressively more until i think the last book is the only one that again has all four of them or something like that it's not exact but it's pretty much like that the girl is in like all of them uh the little boy is in most of them and then the older girl and the oldest boy are just not in most of them which kind of makes sense again they don't do as much but then I like the idea that in the last one they come, I'm pretty sure that, you know, it's like a big fight. And then so in the last one, they got the older ones and they're probably just going to beat the shit out of stuff. And they're adults, right? So, again, I would be interested to read the other Narnia books. They're probably completely different. It's probably about adult kings and queens queens ruling over Narnia and beating the shit out of evil, which I think would be pretty cool. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is exactly what the title – I should have known, honestly, from the – overtly descriptive title it's like this is it's they can't you know it's almost as bad as the goblet of fire there's a lion there's a witch there's a wardrobe there's four kids but you don't need to know that until you start reading the story that's that's what the book is it's lion witch wardrobe four kids and then they took most of that and put it in made it into the title and they're like four kids part and it's not it doesn't sound as snappy uh you know the end thank you good go home good night that's it I don't know what purpose it serves to to say this, but I've been wanting to say it since Bandcamp, so now I have. There you go. And now the other thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, I need to defend the Imperial Measurement System. And this is the perfect opportunity to because there's no one who can interrupt me. Imperial Measurement System is not bad. I'm not the – neither is the metric system. Both are very useful for their and have their own uses and purposes. The hate for the imperial system is something I don't understand. I mean, this is the thing even Americans are like, ah, we use the imperial, it's stupid. You know, and then of course the other end of the spectrum is is just imperial is better because America's best, and that's the only logic, which is also stupid. So once again I'm fighting an uphill battle. But listen. The imperial system, there's no reason to abolish it. Let me start by saying this. We, all I'm saying is, def all I'm defending is the existence of both metric and imperial. They both need to exist. We don't need to get rid of either of them. But I, but the imperial system, I feel, is grossly underappreciated for what it is. And the, and the purpose that it serves. So look, metric system is a great concept 
and and when i say metric i don't know how many of these fall under metric like i don't know if celsius does celsius fall under metric i don't i don't think it technically does because i think metric is or i think metric and imperial are systems of measuring uh not mass but <laughs> hey it's the summer i've already forgotten everything i learned all the physics and and general science things but like it's quant quantities i guess is, is temperature a quantity i don't know well, celsius, is, uh, is, a celsius is part of metric okay never mind then okay it wasn't originally metric. oh so they just added it to just because all the places they use metric is celsius okay fine i can accept that i don't need to know nandon would bring up a thing was like well, the reason metric works is because one centimeter is exactly the distance that it takes light to travel in this amount of time or some shit like that and i'm not making that up that's exactly what he has said and he's not wrong but who gives a shit okay i don't that's not what matters no metric works great because it's based on base 10 and yes the world generally uses base 10 people have you know made vouchers for base 12 base 6 or whatever um which are interesting ideas but I think I, I mean base 10 works it's what we have right now and it's be very hard to change that um so me the metric measurement system is based on a base 10 system which is what we have which makes it infinitely more practical and easy and ap applicable for math and science for making measurements for making you know precise measurements for measuring out amounts if you're in the medical field the engineering field um, and honestly, construction, I would I would absolutely think that metric makes a lot of sense. Now, here's what's funny. Construction uses imperial because I guess America is, you know, even though they don't produce all the lumber in the world, they are the ones who end up selling it because whatever it gets, it gets manufactured or it gets like cut down somewhere else, but ends up getting manufactured out of an American factory. So you know just because the last place that it what the wood was was in america they are the ones who get to say how long the uh, plank is and that's measured in you know feet and yards and inches and shit i mean that's what we have two by fours are are measured in inches and whatever that's the way they are it's fine but i'm actually okay look imperial haters i'm on your side here it would totally make sense for things like construction which require lots uh, you know being a an architect or and or any of those jobs involved in in construction are very mathematical and so doing that kind of math it would be helpful to use a metric system measuring out amounts of anything doing measurements or uh, doing calculations on measurements you're going to want to use the metric system yeah i agree it's a pain in the ass to be measuring out you know your and they don't do it that's why you have to measure out the fucking dosage of a life-saving you know uh serum to have to measure out you know, the dosage of like morphine in, in ounces or something no one's gonna do that absolutely not no millimeters yeah or milliliters sorry or cubic millimeters i guess no cubic centimeters is a milliliter yeah anyways so actually what i just that little mix-up i just had there that's getting to my point why you can't use metric for everything it's not a perfect system mathematically it's very sound but when you use it in day-to-day -day life it's not meant to be used in day-to-day -day life. Guess what? The imperial system was. There's a reason why imperial came first. Because mathematicians, believe it or not, mathematicians and scientists are not the first people to need to count and measure things. No, it's just average people who are like, 
Yeah, no, the other day, man, I saw a mountain lion that was, like, this fucking big. It's like, how many? I don't know, like, I could step across it, uh, I don't know, five times. Five feet? Five feet long. Five foot left. Mountain lion. I, I don't know if that's a reasonable measurement for a mountain lion at all. That It could stand up as tall as a human. I think that, that sounds about reasonable. See, I just, I, I guesstimated that because feet make sense in my mind. Because you can literally imagine it that way. Six to eight feet. Oh my god, I undersized it. Holy shit. Well, that's because they don't walk well, on their hands. Okay. Anyways, because I could imagine how many times could I step across a mountain lion. Uh, not that I could ever accomplish that, but, you know, just picture a, a mountain lion skin rug or some shit. How, how the hell are you going to measure that in, in centimeters? You're not. Maybe use meters. Okay, how big is a mountain lion in meters, then? If it's, if it's five, let's go with what I said, five feet, which is, I guess, the smallest possible size. It's, you know, a meter. Okay, it's it's a one, which I guess that works. But if it's then the seven foot mountain lion, then how are you gonna measure it? It's a meter and what thirty centimeters or something? No, that's one thirty centimeters a well, foot. In meters, no. Well, look up seven feet to just look up seven feet to me convert it to metric. Anyways, it's not practical. Okay, I've learned both systems having lived in America and Canada. Okay, so it's over two meters. Measuring the length, this is the easiest one to make. This is the easiest ar argu argument to make because it's also the most commonly used is measuring just the length of things, right? Okay, you want to do that all the time. Using inches and feet, and I, then you include yards and, and miles, I guess. Those are designed to be the measurements that would most commonly be used when you're measuring things in your life. We've gotten rid of some already. There was like hands and there was... Uh, chains and diblets and shit and then we're like we don't need all those and that was part of the imperial system we're like okay some of those are a little batshit crazy we're gonna stick with the essential ones an inch 12 of those is a foot uh 6,280 6, uh, sorry 5,280 of those is uh wait did I say a foot sorry three of those is a yard 5,280 of those is a mile those are the measurements that we need that's all we need oh and then football fields um with what measuring things in football fields that doesn't make any sense that's one of the oldest imperial measurements that's been around i don't know what we would do if we didn't measure things in football fields what are you gonna replace it with fucking kilometers doesn't make any sense also, inches are good. <clears throat> they are okay so here's here's my point in all seriousness centimeters are based on base 10 which is again great for doing calculations but because it's it's an exponential set of numbers it's grow it grows exponentially so a centimeter times 10 is a decimeter which for some reason people refuse to use can one of you fucking born bred canadians explain to me what's wrong with the decimeter it's 10 centimeter i don't what's wrong with it why can't you it, it there's nothing wrong like it's not off that's the whole point of metric is that every unit you have should be exactly what you need and, and work perfectly fine because it's just 10 of the last thing so you go 10 centimeters you get a decimeter you get 10 of those you get a, a meter 10 of those you get anyways so in the distance from the most commonly used measurements for length centimeter to meter are ludicrous because 
Again, for some reason, you're using decimeters. Even if you use decimeters, a decimeter is 10 centimeters, but what did I say? A decimeter is 10 centimeters. A meter is 100 centimeters. 100 centimeters for a meter? What are you going to measure? What are you going to measure between those? If you use decimeters, I could see an argument for it, but people refuse to use decimeters. So look at it this way. The two smallest commonly used measurements of length in the metric system are the centimeter. Uh, well, okay, you can count millimeter, but again, you don't measure most shit in millimeters. If you need to measure something in millimeters, you use millimeters. I can totally see that in any application, right? Like the width of a fingernail, the width of when you're talking about the width of, of like fangs on things, you know, people will go, oh, the fang is the the fangs are on this snake or on this species of, of spider are enormous, but they're gonna measure in millimeters because enormous doesn't mean it's a foot fucking long, right? But again, I'm talking about day to day usage. Okay, you're never gonna be able to eye up the length of a snake's tooth. Well, actually, no, you'd probably be like, it's like an inch. That would be huge. That'd be enormous for a snake. <clears throat> you're never going to be able to look at a snake. First of all, you're not going to have enough time if a snake is showing its teeth uh, to measure them. But even if it was, you know, dead, you're pulling its mouth open, you're not going to eye that up. You're going to measure it, and then you're going to measure in millimeters. I'm totally fine with that. But if you're just looking at something and measuring it, if you're using metric system, you're not going to use millimeters e either. I unless for some reason you're observing, you know, the width of someone's eyes or their fingernails. You're going to be using centimeters or meters. And in the imperial system, you're going to be using inches and feet. Inches. Okay, so centimeters are smaller than inches, and meters are larger than feet. Three times as large, as a matter of fact. So that means that you, when, you're, when it comes to measuring things, you want to be in the middle ground. You want to be the moderate. So imperial measurements are in between those two enormously different extremes, which means there is an enormous range of things that you see in your day-to-day -day life that you could either measure with a few feet or a few inches or very many centimeters or very few meters, which just makes it awkward. Because you get to a point where it's like, this thing is, you know, a, it's not quite close enough to a meter that you could round up. You know, it's not like 980 centimeters. It's like 827 centimeters. So I don't really want to round that up to a meter. But also, who the fuck wants to say 827 centimeters? What a fucking mouthful. Whereas you could just say, you know, two and a half feet. I, I don't know what 827 centimeters would be. Speaking of, right, feet aren't even the equivalent measurement to meters, right? The closest would be yards, which yards are, I believe, exactly three feet. And then meters are a little bit bigger than a yard so you can say it's roughly three feet right when you get a meter stick like the inch side is three feet and then like a couple inches and then it's a meter or if you get a yardstick it's exactly three feet and the metric side will be whatever so the things you would measure in yards you could also measure in meters how much shit do you measure in yards almost nothing yards are probably the least useful imperial length measurement and that's what that's what metric uses all the time for everything is fucking meters you know so and then a bit, uh, even that aside if we say meters and yards are useful for their own thing because they're okay admittedly there's plenty of things measured in yards you know viewable distances like from here to that tree you're not going to measure that in feet or centimeters god knows you're going to measure in meters or yards even taking that into account 
if you go, okay, you got centimeters to inches, so centimeters are honestly a little too small to be practical. You know, I have no clue just looking at my laptop screen. You know, that's uh, probably, uh, no, fuck it, it's a foot and three inches. That's where I'm gonna guess, okay? Um, no, 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 it's like a foot, okay? Yeah, my computer screen, let's say it's about a foot across. If I were to fucking measure that in centimeters, God knows I'm not going to say it's a, a third of a meter. If I were to say that in centimeters, I'd be like, one, two, three, four, five. Like, I don't know. What the fuck is a foot in, in centimeters? 30 centimeters. I know that because I know the conversion. But I would never look at this and be like, I don't know. It's like maybe if I was using decimeters, I could pretty easily go three decimeters. But again, you refuse to use decimeters. What is the deal? Explain to me why people hate decimeters. It's your job, please. Because I just don't understand the hate for the decimeter. So if you use decimeter, which is 10 centimeters, um, and a foot is 30 centimeters, even so you're closer then. So then the decimeter would equal the foot, but a decimeter is still a third <coughs> size of a foot. So things that you're going to measure normally measure with feet would be three times as many decimeters. And three times as many decimeters is still only a third of a meter. So something that you would measure as about a foot would be three decimeters, which is fine. You would not want to measure that in centimeters, 30 centimeters, I guess. Uh, and you would definitely not want to measure that as a third of a meter. Or you can measure it as one foot. Two feet for uh, six decimeters. That still seems reasonable. You're not going to measure 60 centimeters, and you're not going to say two-thirds of a meter. You could just say two feet. Everything in between a centimeter and a meter is better measured with imperial. It just is. It just makes more sense. The things that you measure in your day-to-day -day life. Your bed, one, two, three, four, five, six feet across. Five, five and a half feet across. Or, or sorry, wide. Across, you know, eight feet. Your paper, uh... 11 by 8 by 11 inches? What's the standard size for paper? I don't know it. I don't know it in centimeters. It's I definitely don't know it in meters. So the decimeter is a lot more useful, but you see how even if you use centimeter, decimeter, meter, and compare that to inch, foot, uh, yard, you would have centimeter smaller than an inch, decimeter smaller than a third the size of a foot, and then meter almost the same size as a yard. So you see the problem there? The biggest of, of the three measurements I'm giving, the biggest unit is about the same, roughly the same size. The smallest unit, or the neck, the medium-sized unit for Imperial is a third of that. But the medium-sized unit for metric is a third of the medium size for Imperial. And that's because of this exponential system I'm talking about. Even if you're using decimeters, to make that middle ground, which are already 10 times the size of centimeters, you would need to go 10 times that to get uh, a meter. So it's an exponential growth. If you look at a graph of a, the size of a centimeter compared to a decimeter compared to a meter, the meter is way fucking bigger relatively to the centimeter and decimeter. Centimeter and decimeter are like buddies, and then the meter is just a fucking gargantuan. Whereas if you go inch to foot to yard, it's like they're all buddies. Foot is actually closer to a yard because three feet is a yard and 12 inches is a foot but like this there's no multiples of 10 there you multiply an inch by 12 you get a foot you multiply a foot by three 
you know, that's 12 times 3. That's still just 36 inches in a, in a yard. Is that right? 36 inches in a yard? Like, holy shit. I can, I can count that out. I could measure something as 36 inches. Remember the example I gave before? If you want to measure something as one foot in centimeters, if I was going to go, like, this thing is about a foot, but I was insisting on using the metric, I would have to go, this thing is about 30 centimeters, which is doable. Or I could go something that is a yard. I could go, this is 30, well, more than 30 inches. Think about that. If you can eyeball 30 centimeters, then you can eyeball 30 inches. Except if you eyeball 30 centimeters, all your the only distance you're accomplishing is a foot. If you wanted to eyeball size up, if you want to eyeball size something twice that size, you'd have to double that. If you double that, it would still be smaller than just eyeballing 30 inches, which is, you know, un just under a yard. Whereas two sets of 30 centimeters, two feet, is two only two thirds of a yard. Does this make any sense to you? Okay. Like, uh, if you're fucking insist, if if you're uh, an imperial hater and you know a metric circle jerker, then you probably aren't understanding this, you smooth brain. But if you have an ounce of reason in you, you have to see it. Imperial measuring just is meant to be used in day-to-day -day life. Okay. Now, volume. I don't measure volume very often. Okay. You usually don't measure volume in your day-to-day -day life. Times when a regular person, so in this case, I'm going to say, in most applications, metric is more useful because most of the time you're measuring volume, it's for precision measurements involved in in math and science okay because volume is a pretty sophisticated i mean i guess you could just look at it as it's you know length but to the third dimension that alone that fact alone already makes it a lot because you can't eyeball volume you can eyeball the length and the width and then and and the depth and then try and multiply that together but who's going to do that shit in their head the only thing is drink containers i would say like, as an average person, you might need to know the volume of, you know, a swimming pool that you're inserting. But you get you hire professionals to do that, right? And then you might have a – see, and I don't even know all the measurements in metric or imperial. I, I will admit, again, metric is much easier to figure out when it comes to volume. Um, but the thing – only time you would use volume – if you were to use volume every single day, like if you were like you, if someone told you you have to measure something in volume every single, or you have to use a measurement of volume every single day for like a month, you would be using drink containers. You would not be measuring the volume of cubes and of uh, uh, and of swimming pools. You'd be going, you know, I drank a liter of Mountain Dew today, or this two liter bottle of Coke, a liter of uh, milk, and all of those liters, those that's uh, the imperial, or sorry, that's the metric. That's the metric. That makes sense. I understand that. Um, but when you're in America, you don't want to drink a liter of milk. You want to drink a gallon of milk at a time. Okay, you want, uh, <laughs> you want a gallon of milk. Um, I mentioned swimming pools. I honestly don't know what the largest, you know, typically used measurement of volume. Like, what would you measure the volume of a swimming pool in? Because if gallon and liter are the biggest, then you're going to want to use gallons because gallons are bigger than liters. In which case, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, 
Imperial actually wins out there because yeah, I don't think volume measurements get that big because you know you don't need to measure the volume of a, a house. You measure it in you know floor space, so square feet because square meters or square centimeters would be retarded. Um, you see what I'm saying? You could measure your house in square decimeters, but you refuse to. So your house is measured in square feet. Don't care where you're from. You know why your house can be measured in square feet, even though most, most countries in the world use metric on a daily basis? Because Imperial came first. So if you're measuring, yeah, if you're measuring out drinks, you might have a pint glass. Uh, you might have ounce cups. Are cups and like teaspoons and shit? That's only used in like cooking. Are those part of Imperial and metric? Are those part of those measurement systems? Well, that's what you're here for. You haven't given me any answers. I've, you've been typing away furiously. Um, I'm trying to figure out why people don't use decimeters. Okay. That's okay. Get back to that. Oh, my shit. It's really obvious. I found people from America and I'm like, I think they go to Puerto Rico because they don't use metrics. Yeah, no fucking <laughs> shit. Man. <sighs> you need to go on Reddit Canada. Reddit.ca. Anyways. Okay, so I thought it's... No, it's part of the cooking, the cooking metric, the cooking meter, the cooking system. Um. Anyways, yeah. So forget those. But, uh, in in American or in imperial volume measurements, I think ounce is probably the smallest typical, right? And I think it's six ounces to a pint, or eight, four, no, four quarts to an ounce. Is an ounce bigger than a quart? I think a quart is pretty big. I think it's eight ounces to a quart, four quarts to a pint and a bunch of pints to a gallon. Look it up, I bet I'm right. Um, but again, I've never used any of those measurements. The only volume measurements I've ever used because I don't do cooking and I don't measure out my drinks. So the only thing I've ever seen is, you know, liter bottle of soda, liter bottle of, or a liter carton of milk, which, so that's fine. Um, so yeah, there I would say use whatever you want. There's no reason to separate metric and imperial unless you're doing math and science then yes, use metric, because then you're using milliliters uh, because it's very small amounts of things. But, okay, here, give me again. I was just talking about all those imperial things, right? And they're very complicated, I agree. I mean, quarts make sense because it's a quart, it's like a quarter. That That is makes just as much sense as, you know, quarters in currency. It's. I wish, you know, measurements should all honestly be like that. Where I get a foot, the idea is that it's about the size of a foot, but if you could name it, you know, uh, do a dodeca something dodecian i don't know something that means 12 i would very much appreciate it uh but we have what we've got but yeah no like ounce to quart to liter to gallon none of those uh, to pint none of those words mean anything so i can see how it's confusing again metric users will claim the superiority here the advantage is liter a milliliter it's very obvious to tell because the latin is it's a thousandth of a liter but what about all the things that aren't a liter or a milliliter? I know, I know. Most of the time, it's like if you're measuring shit in like chemistry, you're not going to be using more than a few milliliters because a little goes a long way. And if you're measuring drinks, yeah, a, a carton of milk, a, a bottle of soda, it's all going to be a liter or more, you know, multiples of a liter. But like how much does your cup hold? Huh? You don't, you don't ever measure that. I know I don't. But in America, you can. We have 
pint glasses. We have ounce cups. You can't have a third of a liter glass or whatever. You, it doesn't exist. But why doesn't it exist? Metric is supposed to be so perfect. And I agree to all the reasons why it is good. I don't agree that that makes it better than Imperial. But I do agree that all these things make it good. The base 10 thing. So where is the base 10? Why do you have to go from milliliters to liters? Where are the centiliters? Where are the deciliters? Where are the decaliters? If you need it to go that high. Because again, I'm pretty sure gallon is significantly larger than a liter. Why don't you use those? You have them. I can only fathom the reason being anyone who... You know, because it's ever. Uh, this is more proof, by the way, that our world is entirely owned by businesses. Okay, don't think that you or politics or society get to make any decisions. It's businesses that make the decisions. So, seriously though, this is what capitalism does, right? It's it's little things, but it's the little things that shape the way that your mind fucking works. The only reason why, all like I just said before, all your wooden boards are measured in inches is because they all come out of America, even though, you know, 90%, 98% of the fucking world uses metric, they come out of America, so they're measured in imperial. You have liter, you have things measured in liters in Canada, but if you wanted to measure, if there was no imperial system, I'm sure it would be at least slightly more common for people to say, ah, uh, yeah, like a centiliter of this shit, a deciliter of whatever, of beer, right? Because you're not drinking a liter of beer. You're not. You're drinking a pint, however much that equates to in, in, in metric. Um, the, the, you, so the only reason that we don't use those things, we don't actually use the metric system to the fullest of its ability is because Imperial exists. And you might think that's a bad thing. Imperial, you know, stole the use usefulness of metric but i think it's a good thing because i'm sure the imperial system would cover more bases than if we were using metric because if we did have such things as centiliters and deciliters the gap between those the dis it would get despairingly larger to the point where you know the distance between a deciliter and a liter is way bigger than the distance between a deciliter and even a milliliter not to mention a centiliter but none of that matters because none of those measurements exist. I've never heard anyone other than myself say the word centiliter or deciliter. It's like people, metric people, are afraid of those things. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's such a, a weird, bizarre thing. So many things, though, that most people have accepted as normal are just weird to me. Language, so much language is weird. So many rules and laws and things that are systems that are set up or establishments that are set up in obviously flawed ways where I go I'm not smart there's no way I'm the only person to think of this solution but maybe I am I don't know there's so many things that just have such simple flaws and and the reasons are obviously complex it's not like somehow they got a person who is more stupid than I am I just use the term more stupid okay to set up things like the English language. No, the people who invented it are a lot smarter than I am. But they were, you know, had their language, the language that they created was layered off of lots of other languages that had maybe very small and unnoticeable flaws. And then years later, there was more languages with also small flaws layered onto that. And then, you know, English got its own flaws. And so those flaws mixed with other 
languages who had also had years of development and developing their own flaws or just changes. Maybe it was an intentional change in the language for the better, but it gets misincorporated into English and then it becomes a flaw instead. And so then you end up with one very flawed language. And that's, that's history. That's what history is. It's just all the little flaws adding up together to present day. That's why the future is always so much shittier than the past. So I, I don't understand those problems, but at the same time, I realize there's a, a, a reason why they're there. Measurement is so bizarre to me. I will never understand, unless someone explains to me in plain, simple English, why metric doesn't get used. Why so many measure metric measurements in between ones that are more commonly used don't get used. And I'm sure the reason for most of them is just not useful, not practical or useful enough to have it. But there's almost always an imperial measurement for it. So clearly there's enough use for it. And what I'm saying is, if it were the other way, I would understand it. If people use metric most of the time, or, okay, yeah, people do use metric most of the time. If I mean metric was the one that was used for day-to-day -day life, and was, but was still like base 10, and then imperial, it was like, hey, well, how come in imperial you only use you know, ounces and gallons? There's a huge difference between those two. Why don't you have something in between? And it's like... We just don't really measure anything in between those. Like, what are you going to measure a glass? Like, well, what if I want to drink, you know, a, an amount of beer that's between an ounce and a gallon? It's like, uh, I just call that a few deciliters. But I almost never say that, and that's the only time I would ever use that term. So there's just really no point. In inventing something in, in, in the imperial measurement system, which is all invented quantities... Right, that's and that's people's like Nand and that's their problem with imperial is like it's just made up quantities that have no scientific definition, uh, which yeah okay you got a point there but that's not how it is it's in it because the scenario isn't that it's flipped from that yeah I could understand if you were like I'm not gonna invent a, a unit of measurement just so I can measure out an amount of beer, but in metric you already have those you don't have to invent anything that's why you say it's so great is because they all exist all you needed was centimeter you know i don't know why you start with centimeter it's it's a little weird to me but i guess it makes sense you wouldn't want to just keep building and building right you want to go they give room for lower and higher like you can go from meter to kilometer you can go from meter down to centimeter or millimeter um i understand that but it, it's just weird to say the base is centimeter when the base word is meter so anyways, but you start with centimeter, you start with liter, you start with, you know, the, uh, well, Celsius is a temperature is a different thing. I'm getting to that. Uh, and then from there, you just multiply by 10, multiply by 10, multiply by 10. Those things already existed because the multiples of 10 already existed. In Imperial, it's true. They're all made up bullshit, but they're made up to be what you need in that situation. So, you know, some guy was getting drunk off his ass and was like, I wonder how much of this beer I've drunk. And he was like, probably like, you know, a million ounces. Well, that makes no sense. Uh, two gallons. Okay, well, that's not interesting. Or like, you know, less than a gallon. So I would, who cares? Who wants to know what it was less than, right? Oh, I know. I drank two pints. And then they invented pints. And then there's pints of beer. And uh, yeah, you only use it for that. The only time I've ever heard pint used is when you're talking about beer. But guess what? You know what? Alcohol is a big enough part of Western civilization that it gets to have its own unit of measurement. Why the fuck not? 
No, I would not say, if I went back in time, I would not say, let's invent the pint just so we can measure beer. But I will say, why don't you use the already existing measurements in metric? You don't have to invent the pint. You just have to say the word centiliter or deciliter. That's what I mean. People, it's like they're afraid of the word centiliter and deciliter or decimeter. They're afraid. I, they, never, they refuse to say it. I've never heard a Canadian person say those or any person say those words intentionally. And the Americans never say it because they never bother learning the metric system, so they don't even know that they exist. They don't know that those are out there. Why are we hiding the truth from people? Don't stop trying to cover up the existence of deces and centiliters. How about the fucking what? How about a hundred meters? Hmm. What's a hundred meters? Cause centa is a hundredth. So what's a hundred? From thousand, you go from milla to kilo, which is completely different. How do you? And from ten, you go from deci to deca. That makes sense. How do you go from centi to what? Centa? Centimeter? That would be too complicated. Is that why we don't use centum? meters because it sounds too similar to centimeters is that the problem is that why what about 10 meters decameters do we have decameters why don't we use decameters what if i want to measure 10 meters why do we go right from one meter to a thousand of them what about all the things in between those those are the things you measure in football fields that makes no sense Actually, kilometers are significantly smaller than miles. Do you think a uh, kilometer is about a football field? Is that their football field is kilometers? How big is a kilometer to a football field? I have no idea. When things get big, my brain don't do it. I've, I'm not a smart person. I see things with reason, not math and science. Not like I cannot measure things out in my head. And I mean any kind of measurement. I mentioned this before. don't need to give me that shit just 10 so 11 football fields so a kilometer is 11 football fields you see what i mean 11 football fields 10 10 football fields so a tenth of a kilometer is a football field what's a tenth of a kilometer in metric a centimeter whatever the hell a hundred meters is use the hundred meters then you can stop complaining about the football field measurement that's why imperial has the football field measurement because it's 10 a tenth of a kilometer You, what would you do if we go from yards to miles? That's too big of a jump. Some things need to be measured in football fields. Okay, that's just a fact. And some things need to be measured as less than a kilometer. Because a mile is even bigger than a kilometer. Some things need to be measured as less than a kilometer, but more than a meter. That's a fact. There are things in the universe. You have it. Cinta, deca, de whatever the fuck Latin prefix you want. Use them. Aside from that, I talked about volume, talked about distance. Uh, I want to I do something else before I get to temperature. What was it? What else do we have? What, else, what other measurements are there? Volume means in, in, in temperature based. No. <laughs> you have to measure the three dimensions. Uh, 
Yeah, well, what's yeah. the temperature dimension one? It's not how this works. <laughs> no, there's another. That's true. And the sixth dimension is whatever they did in that uh, cartoon where they made the roller coaster in, in six feet. Remember that? Yeah. So, so the seventh seven dimension feet. is temperature. Okay, and that's. The five dimension is actually bubbles, I think, right? No, the fifth dimension is definitely love. If you haven't watched Interstellar. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm pretty sure that was also the uh, the plot of Harry Potter. Fifth dimension is love. Because they, uh, they had a time dimension. That was fourth dimension. No. Pink heart is a totally different thing. Interesting concept. Not very engaging books. Um, That's besides the point. I feel like I'm not finished. But screw it, we're going on to temperature. Listen, y'all. You don't, you gotta understand. I don't give a fucking rat's ass what combination of salt and water your temperature is based off of. Yes, when you're cooking and you need to boil water, it's pretty handy to know. Well, okay, let me put it this way. It's interesting to know exactly 100 degrees Celsius is the point at which water boils. Don't get me wrong, I'm not mocking you if you're doing this for scientific reasons. That's super useful to know. Absolutely. Celsius or, you know, Kelvin if you want to go real basic. Use as it used to measure things for science. That has so many applications. When you're looking at chemistry and then that being applied to biology, the melting points of substances should absolutely be measured in Celsius, no doubt, because then it can be easily compared to water or, you know, the whole point of Kelvin, you can compare shit to absolute zero. You can compare it to literally how far how far the atoms in it are from being not moving. That was a really weird way to say that. My point is, you know, temperature is just the measurement of atoms moving. Zero degrees Kelvin, absolute zero means no movement. So, yeah, if you really want to get scientific about it, measuring in Kelvin is measuring is a degree of measuring how much more how much uh, an atom is moving inside of a substance how much more it is than nothing than no than still it still makes no sense but you know what i mean if you're a high school student you know what i'm talking about so who the fuck is like goes out on a sunny day and is like i'm pretty sure the atoms are moving a substantial amount right now we're about 3000 degrees over not no movement no, no one does that. You go outside and all right, I'm going to get to I'm I'm going to drop a fucking bomb on y'all in a second, but I'm not going to get there yet. Let's talk more about Celsius. So, yeah, the the thing about Celsius is at 0 degrees water freezes, at 100 degrees water boils. This is great to know in ecosystems, you know, water if substances have a higher lower boiling point than water, higher lower freezing point than water, you know, what does that mean for an ecosystem if the water is freezing. That's actually fascinating shit about how water, why water is the, I mean, the thing that you learn is why water is the way it is, but then you apply that to the fact that, oh yeah, water floats. Water is lighter when it's solid, uh, which it normally isn't. But, and that's, that's a temperature thing. And that is measured in Celsius. Absolutely. Why would you measure that in anything other than Celsius? But that's more than just temperature. You're also talking about the chemistry of that of, because you then you have to understand why it's weird that water 
as a solid is you know less dense than than water as a liquid because if you don't know chemistry then you're not thinking like oh solids are normally denser than than liquids you wouldn't think that because let's be honest if you're talking completely practically in day-to-day -day life you don't need to know that liquids are normally less dense than solids i don't see how that would help you unless it's for a scientific reason so if you're not thinking about that, then who gives a fucking shit why water, what exactly do temperature water freezes at? You go outside, you say, it's freezing out here. And if you see ice forming, then you're right. It's freezing or below. So here's my other point. Boiling water when you're cooking. I was going to say it's useful, but then I changed to it's interesting because, yeah, it's kind of inter interesting to put your pot on and be like, once this hits 100, if I turn set this to exactly 100 degrees Celsius, once my stovetop reach 100, reaches 100 degrees Celsius, my water will boil. Or you use a, a Fahrenheit oven, which is how all ovens are, by the way, in Fahrenheit, and you just crank that knob way the fuck up, and you wait till your kettle starts screaming, your teapot shouts, tip it over and pour her the fuck out because that's when she boils when she bubbles when she steams she's boiling that's all you need to know just watch it although a wash pot never boils turn away and then once it starts to make noise look back if it's bubbling it's boiling you don't need to know if it's 100 or 101 or 114 fucking degrees celsius who gives a shit i don't know how hot that is in fahrenheit i don't need to the instructions tell you everything you know. Preheat the oven to whatever the fuck it says to and put it in there. Put that fucking roast in there and turn the knob to whatever it says, okay? If it says to turn it all the way to the end, I'm turning it all the way to the end. I don't need to know if that's 300 degrees Celsius or 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't give a shit. Fahrenheit, of all the imperial measurements, is the one where I will absolutely put my foot down and die on this hill. It is more useful in everyday life in every way to Celsius. And here's why. Listen to this. Nobody, nobody gives a flying rat Jesus fuck that zero degrees Fahrenheit is measured from the temperature that shale water or some shit whatever salt and water some mixture of salt and water freezes i don't care you don't care nobody cares that zero degrees fahrenheit is the temperature at which water free water and salt freezes the reason it's based off of that is just so that you had a base point to get to but in day-to-day -day application guess what fahrenheit means it goes from zero to a hundred which means the purpose of Fahrenheit is so that you can have a temperature measuring system that goes from 0 to 100, in which, which is a range in which human beings can survive. 0 to 100 is a survivable temperature range in Fahrenheit. That's what Fahrenheit is. Okay, That's how things work in the human world. We go from 0 to 100. You don't go negative. You don't go negative temperatures in nature. Yes, negative temperatures in Celsius works because negative means below freezing. And that means things in the wild, in nature. This place is 
has a temperature of below freezing. What does that mean for the world? Well, that means there's no liquid water here. I wonder what kind of repercussions that's going to have on the ecosystem. Probably a lot. But when you're going about your day, the world, there's no purpose served by your world being negative. Anything in terms of temperature. <coughs> 100 degrees Fahrenheit is really, really hot. And zero degrees Fahrenheit is really, really cold. It's not perfect. Because if it was perfect, then 50 degrees Fahrenheit would be like the ideal temperature, right? In reality, it's more like 60 to 70. I would say 60 is comfortable. Like 60, 65 is what we consider to be the amazing, beautiful Calgary summer temperatures. Guess what we call it when you're in Calgary? It's 22 degrees Celsius. Wow, we've hit 22, guys. Isn't it exciting? Get out the fucking fireworks. Let's have a parade in honor of 22, the number 22, whereas it could be zero. Zero to 22, the fuck kind of range is that? Or if you want to go the full range of, of Calgary weather, like let's say the absolute worst temperature that you get on, an av on average, like negative 30 to positive 30. That's like the coldest to the hottest. That's 60 fucking degrees. Your temperature system goes has a range of 60 degrees. And that's in a city which is known for having a wide range of temperatures. Fahrenheit, you can go from 0 to 100. Most single areas don't go from 0 to 100. But the universe, the planet Earth as a place where we live, can go from 0 to 100. And we can survive all of it. And we're most comfortable right in the middle. That's what Fahrenheit is for. That's the purpose it serves. Is so you can go outside on a day and go, I'm about 30% cold. It's probably around 30 degrees. I'm 80% hot. It's probably around 80 degrees. I'm really, really hot. It's probably about 100 degrees. That's what it's for. When you measure a fever, it's 100. Who wants to be like, oh my god, I'm burning up. Doctor, I think I'm dying. How hot are you? I'm 50. Holy shit, that's, that's insane. If you're in Celsius, 50. Stop the presses. You're dying. You're dead. 50, you're dead. You're already dead. If you're 50, if you're 50, you're you're a heat source. You're a microwave oven. You can cook shit on you if you're 50. Why? You can't survive 100 degrees Celsius. You can't even survive 90 degrees Celsius. You can't survive negative 100. What's the metric? The metric is water. It makes perfect sense from a scientific standpoint. No sense from a human standpoint. We're not robots. When we inevitably get replaced by robots or bioorganic or, 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 or biomechanical organisms, then they will all switch over to metric and be totally fine with it. They will look around their world and they will, you know, they will do a little scan and it'll go, Beep, beep, beep. It is exactly 37.6 centimeters, this thing that I am holding in my hand. Okay, But we look at it and we go, it's like a foot. It's like a foot and an inch, foot and two inches. Ain't that a bitch?